0: ¶¶¶¶¶¶ Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And here we are in the second half of October. I can hardly believe that the fall is moving so quickly one of my dearest friends in the world loved this song more than any song in the world and she would sing it often trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus but to trust and obey (laughs) you can tell that i was never a singer she was a singer And she loved the words to that. And I remember through the years of our friendship how many times we talked about the word trust. The definitions for trust, the numbers of times that is used in the scripture, the depth and breadth of the concept of trust is phenomenal. And I want to look at a phrase found in the book of Job. No, we're not looking at the whole of the book of Job, but we are going to look at a few pieces about this wonderful man named Job. Found in chapter 13, verse 15. And he said, Though Job said, Though he, Jesus God, slay me, yet I will trust him. Do you have a hard time with that? Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I think those may be the most powerful words ever written by um, a person or spoken in the scripture. To the depth of commitment and trust that even if he took my life, slay me, kills me, um, he would trust him. Now Job is an extraordinary man and I'm looking at a Bible that I first taught the book of Job from, I'm looking to see when this Bible was given to me. I think this Bible was given to me in 19, 1981, hmm, a few years ago. And on every page, on every page in the entire book of Job, which is a relatively long book, 40 chapters long, there are notes and highlights and colors. And so I want to talk a little bit about Job, who he was, um, Certainly, um, not, we're not certain who authored the book itself. It is about a man named Job. And it's the oldest book in the Bible. If we were putting the Bible together chronologically, Job would be first, not Genesis. But we put the Bible together in a way from creation on down. And so we have Job tucked away somewhere into the Old Testament. And there's a lot going on in this book. There's a lot going on. Many people find this book sad or discouraging. Uh, I think I find it quite stimulating. And the thing that I love so much is that this is about a man who's growing deeper and who's done the work with his God himself, and it relates to him. And three times in the first 25 verses of this book, which is, I said, 40 chapters long, we read these words, about Job. Verse one, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. Ah, do you just love that? Like in my, in my heart somewhere, I think, oh, oh, I want to be that person. I want to be one of those blameless, upright, Fearing God and turning away from evil. This is the first verse of the first chapter of 42 chapters in the book of Job. And then those calamities come. And you know, if you know the story at all, there's this proposal that Satan gives to God. And in verse 8 of the first chapter, he says, For there is no one like him on earth. God is saying to Satan... There is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I should do a session on each one of those. Blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. I think of the four of those in our culture right now, the first thing I would start with is turning away from evil. Evil has um, invaded us in many ways. Then we go to the second chapter, remember how many chapters there were, and in verse three it says, and the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there was no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Three times in the first 25 verses of this very long book, we're described, we see the description, blameless, upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. When our daughter was growing up, I noticed in her something that um, related to, so much to me and how I related to God, and see if this is familiar. We, we would go to the park and play and swing and slide, make piles in the sandbox, and I'd say, come on, let's go, and she'd take my hand gladly. And then I'd say, let's stop, and she stops and trust just oozing from her. She was so happy to do whatever I told her to do. Do you remember those days? Like, they're just cherubic angelic it it didn't take very long even on the same day for her to say no 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 i will not no no i'm not going now do i love that child any less than i did when she was perfectly blameless upright and turning away from evil no, I don't love her any less. And if you have recently listened to um, the lesson I did on Absalom and David, you will hear this poignant story found in the scripture of David and his son, Absalom. We love our children. We care about them. But when we find them doing what we've asked them not to do, sometimes we have this sense of, does she not trust what I'm saying? Do I not trust to listen to why she doesn't want to do it? How do I get her to trust me at the same time to be obedient? And I think that relationship with God is like you have a relationship with your children. When God does a loving, kind, wonderful thing, you look up and say, Oh, I trust him. Oh, my mom said, Yes, I could have a popsicle. And when mom said no, suddenly... And there's puckers and pouts and storming away. So I think what I encounter in this concept of, though he slay me, yet I will trust him, is that Job learned to trust beyond his circumstances. Beyond what was going on, he trusted the circumstances beyond what was going on, he trusted God beyond those circumstances. And it it reminds me of a New Testament principle of which Job had no privilege to when um, he says to us that he will never, 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 to the fifth power, never leave us or forsake us. I think Job understood that sovereignty of God. And what does sovereignty mean to you I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. When I look at this story of Job in the early part of it, I think all the way through this first chapter, we see the emphasis of his character, the description of his stuff, how much stuff he has. He has seven sons, three daughters were born to him. His possessions were also 7,000 sheep. Okay, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. Now, that would be like having 3,000 cars. Would you like to have 3,000 cars? He only had 13 kids. I mean, it's not like they had 3,000 kids that everybody... the, the, The stuff he had was gargantuan in number and description. Um, And he was the greatest of all men on the East. Part of that was not only his character, but what he had. And then in verse four, it says, and his sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day. And they would send an invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So, There's an evidence that this man was blameless, upright, turning away from God. He had a lot of stuff and he had a lot of family and they got along really well. That's in the first first four verses of the chapter. And then comes this. Well, Let let, let me just go a little further. And then the fifth verse says, And it came about when the days of feasting had completed their cycle, that Job would send and consecrate them, rising up early in the morning, offering burnt offerings according to the number of all of them. For Job said, Perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually pray and act as a high priest for his family. Do you do that for your children? For your husband? I do. For people I love, for people I care about, for my congregation, for what I consider the people in my congregation, I, I pray for those people. And in the morning, or at night, or whenever the Lord puts it on my heart, I pray for those people, and that's what he did. So here he was, blameless, upright, turning away from evil. He had a lot of stuff. He had a big family. The family appears to get along together, and he was a high priest praying man. Now, he, like what else can you say about a guy, right? And then comes on the sixth verse. Now there was a day when the sons of God came present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan answered from the Lord, roaming about on the earth and walking around. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Now Satan is looking to cause trouble. Nothing new about that story. He's still looking to cause trouble. In this case, he has this encounter with God. In verse, um, let's see. Hmm, I probably have to read the whole first chapter. Then Satan answered, "Does Does Job fear God for nothing? Hast thou not made a hedge about him? Remember we talked about this recently? Because Job loved God, was there a hedge about him that protected him? That all these things came to him because he loved God? Is there a hedge about him? Satan asks. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his possessions, but put forth thy hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse thee. Now, this is today's story. I don't like what just happened to me, so I'm going to be mad at God, or I'm going to say yes to Jesus so that everything will happen good in my life. That's the exact Job, the oldest book in the Bible, saying the exact same story. And God appears in this conversation to give permission to touch him now this is this is a once in the bible story god has this conversation it's recorded here and god gives permission and what happens is terrible things happen to job the lord said to satan behold all that he has in your power only do not put your forth your hand on him so Satan departed from the presence of the Lord, and it happened on that day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house that a messenger came. The oxen were plowing, the dockings were feeding them, and the Sabians attacked and took them. They also slew all the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Aha, disaster has struck. But in this case, disaster of the beginning. While he's still speaking, another came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped. And while he was still speaking, another one came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands and made a raid on the camels and took them and slew their servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped. While he was still speaking, another one came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they died. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job rose, and what did he do? What would you do if you've just lost everything and now you've lost all your family? Job rose and tore off his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshiped God. And he said to God, phrase you've heard before, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gives and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this, Job did not sin and he did not blame God. You know, sometimes I read these passages and I, I think I hear you saying what I've thought myself. Yeah. Well, Job was extraordinary. Oh, Job was odd. Oh, Job Job was like Adam. He walked in the garden with God. It was easier for Job. But you know what? I know that's not true. I know that this very circumstance has happened to you. One of this, part of this, you've lost something. The pandemic has taken a life. Your wealth has been diminished you've never had any wealth. And yet he says, you can do, God says to Satan, you can do what you want to, because I know this man is blameless, fearing God and turning away from evil. And today I want to say to you, Do you trust the Lord so much that though he slay you, though he take everything you own, though he take your children, and you know that Job has boils on his body, the story goes on for 41 more chapters, and it isn't pretty. His wife even says to him, Oh, curse God. Curse God, and we'll be through with this. It must be God who's causing these things. It looks here to me like when job goes to worship it reminds me of a man who is now gone to heaven his name was Sam Erickson and he was the founder of a company not a company an agency called Advocates for Christ and he was a lawyer and he lived and worked in Washington DC and it was his mission to try cases, and he tried three cases before the Supreme Court that had to do with issues that were compromising to men and women of faith. And the second part of his mission in life was to take these messages of advocacy to other countries in the world who did not understand what it was to be an advocate, to have an advocate. He was an amazing man. My husband loved him dearly. He's now in heaven. And he would describe how he would have this case and put his life in it and poured hours into it and, and, and they would lose. And he said, in every case, whether we won or lost, we threw a party. We threw a party. He he describes a, a case that he brought before the Supreme Court and the drama of it, and they lost. And they went back to the office and they threw a party. And That was a, a tangible story that for me related to what Job does. He has just been made aware that he's lost all his sheep and his donkeys and his oxen and the houses are blown down and his children are all dead. And he comes and he falls at the feet of God and he says, Naked I came from my mother's room, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this, Job did not sin, and he did not blame God. I desire deeply to be a woman like Job was a man. And I know what it takes um, to encounter this kind of discouragement, this kind of suffering. We've talked about this earlier this month. And I know what it takes to still stand upright and blameless. It appears that Job does it consistently, even when his wife tells him to curse God and be rid of all these problems. But Job consistently proves to us and shows to us a way that allows us to know that it is possible to go through the worst of things and still trust God. And the phrase that he uses is, though he slay me, though he take my life, though God take my life, and I am sure that God is taking my life, and I'm being very literal with this translation, I will still trust God. And I'm asking you to consider that in your life. Are you a woman, a person who not only trusts God, but wants to trust God in everything and every way? Are you training your children to trust God for what God promises? And that is that he promises to be with us, that he will never leave us or forsake us. He does not promise to keep the boils away. He does not promise to keep our children alive. He does not promise any of these things. And I want you to join me in considering the real question that is, do you believe that God is trustworthy because in the end in the very end of all of these discussions the question really falls if i want to say though he slay me yet i will trust him then i have to at my heart at my root at my complete being i have to believe that god is trustworthy in everything in everything that i have and everything i do in this whole wide world in what has come and what will come. Is the God you serve trustworthy? I believe the God I serve is trustworthy, but I believe I lack um, the abilities to completely trust him. So I'm asking you to join me in this phrase and ponder it as I am doing. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Spoken by Job thousands of years ago, and meant to be an encouragement to us in the 2021, the fall of the year. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. I hope you'll look at our website and find things there that will encourage you. It's our goal to encourage women, wives, mothers, and homemakers. There are free resources and books and things that you can purchase and listen to and watch, and we hope they'll all be a, sense and a source of encouragement to you. Remember, The common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of searching your soul to find out how much you trust God.